you the final play. Take me through it. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Don't you ever talk about me. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Master Plan. I'm your host, Michael Filipkowski. Joining me here today is Connor DiBiase. And this is the second time we're recording this episode. Because the first time, well, you know, technology is not perfect, folks. And the recording got lost. So you get all of our opinions thought through even further. Even, even more thought through even more well analyzed um and we're just better we're just better second time through is going to be it's always better however without further ado first we we will we will end with the celtics we know they won but that's like the big ticket item right that's what you came here to listen to we got to start out with the warriors and maps because gotta get that out of the way we don't want to finish on a low note, we want to finish on a high note. So, without further interruption by me, uh, Connor, the Warriors and Mavs, obviously the Warriors took it in five games over the Mavericks. Um, you know, why? What, what was the main reason why the Mavericks lost this series? I just didn't have the depth, really. Um, coming off of that series against the Jazz and the series against the... Uh, Suns, it wasn't just Luca through this series. Right. Jalen Brunson had some incredible games. Didn't when he had like a game where he hit six threes or whatever. Maxi Cleaver was shooting 50% from three. Um, you had a, a, Reggie Bullock was playing top two defense while hitting threes. And then you come to this series against the Warriors and none of that holds up. Right. Maxi Cleaver and Reggie Bullock go like 0 for 30 and some of the last few games from three, Jalen Brunson slows down, um, and, and it's just Luca doing everything. Luca is now the second um, second place for points per game in the playoffs ever, behind Michael Jordan. Um, and it's really, and he didn't have a bad series. He didn't shoot it incredibly, but right. I mean, but he, he took still, so many shots. He had to take so many shots, and he averaged like. 35 or whatever in this series, like what it felt like 35 in the series, a couple 40 point games. Um, and, and but his team was just outmatched. Uh, they had they really have no big men on the team other than like the first five minutes of uh, Dwight Powell. Then Kevon Looney just went insane during the series. It was really just a matchup of depth. Um, to me, where the Warriors have four guys who can average 20 plus really good players off the bench, plus one of the best defenders of the past decade in Draymond. 
as well as Kevin Looney, who was a double-double machine this series. And right. really, Luka couldn't do it all by himself. The, the Mavericks couldn't move. Unlikely to win. It was a bit more convincing than I'd expect. It was kind of like a blowout every game. Right. Then they didn't really... I mean, the Warriors probably could have came back in that game four, but they gave their starter, starters the rest for like the last quarter and a half at that point. Right. Um, and, and, you know, again, like I, I think that Again, the bigger problem, the biggest problem for the Mavericks is again, you know, they're very Luca reliant, right? And it's not even that when Luca plays well or not, it, do, it didn't really matter. Like he played incredibly well throughout the series, right? And it still didn't matter. So that should tell you everything you need to know. Like, like some teams are, are I guess in a way like dependent. Like, hey, if this player plays well, we win. If he doesn't, we lose. Like that's one thing. But in this series, it was. No matter what, how Luca plays, unless he's absolutely like by far and away the best player on the court, like he is literally like scoring, putting up like when he was the best player on the court, they lost. Right. By far and away, games three and uh, two and three, he was the best player on the court. Right. He put up forty-two and then forty. Maybe one of those games, Steph had like a thirty piece, but no one else was even that close to him. Right. And they lost. Right, and and that, and that just really tells you a lot about um, how the Mavericks are built versus how the Warriors are built, and you know, and Connor and I obviously we already mentioned all this this morning, but you know we talked about how this is kind of the Mavericks window, right? Is you know this the West Western Conference this year was was definitely weaker than than in oh, previous years. Years as well. I mean, look at the guys that are coming back next year on some of these borderline playoff teams. You have. First off, the team that the Warriors face the first round, the Nuggets are going to get their two max players back, most likely. Then you have, um, you expect the Lakers to make something out of one of LeBron's last years if LeBron and AD can be healthy. Uh, you're going to have the Clippers with Kawhi and a healthy Paul George, most likely, back. You're going to see the Blazers with Damon. 40 million cap space with whatever they want to do. Right. You're going to see the Pelicans with Zion coming back. There's just so many teams that are going to be vastly improved. Uh, right. Next year in this conference, this was the weakest the West has been since, uh, I don't even know when you want to say, since it's been a while. Mavericks won the championship in 2011. It's been a long time, hasn't it? And they ended up winning the championship, but you'd say that that the weeks the West was kind of weak there. Um, like you had like the two seed Lakers, and then I think the Spurs were the one seed. But the Spurs weren't great, and uh, maybe you'd say the year Kawhi got hurt was that twenty fifteen um, when when Zaza hurt Kawhi against the uh, Warriors Spurs matchup. But really, it feels like the West has never been this weak. Right, and and it will, you know. And I'm not saying that the Mavericks, you know, we're not saying that the Mavericks won't make it to a championship, but it's just gonna be a lot harder, right? Like it's just not gonna be as easy as it was this year. And 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 that's not to say that the people that the, the teams that they, didn't, they that they played weren't difficult. Like I was very impressed by that win over the Suns, right? That was a very good win by the Mavericks. But it's like like next year they're gonna be more teams like the Suns that are just like just as good. They are facing almost every round. Better. I, I I would take it. A healthy Clippers well over the Suns. I oh think. yeah, absolutely. I mean, you could argue a healthy Lakers would have beat the the Suns in the playoffs the year before this one. Right. There's just a lot of other teams. 
Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Uh, and, and, and go ahead, Mike. Yeah, and you know, obviously the Warriors. I mean, the Warriors are a team that next year is going to be just as good, if not better, right? I mean, six of the last eight years have been in the finals. Right. I mean, this is That's one of the dynasty. this is one of the most incredible teams. Um, I think. I mean, you know, you look at the dynasties in the NBA. Obviously, you have the Celtics dynasty in the '60s and you know early '70s. Um, you kind of have the 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 Bulls dynasty in the 80s and 90s um and and, and i think the, this is just another Lakers one of those. Could be in right. The 80s as well. right so i think that this is just another one of those obviously you know in this era of sports is you know it's hard to it's hard to retain dominance just with free agency and and all of that stuff that didn't really exist um um back then but you know the, the warriors are one of the best teams they're very experienced um they're very unselfish, right? And they do a lot of different things well. Um, and they're very good shooters, which, you know, and, and you know, and, and that's tough to stop um, when, when they have, you know, three or four guys on the team that can shoot the ball very, very well. Uh, you know, their whole game plan this series pretty much was, hey, you know, if Luka wants to beat us, like if he can put up 60 points and beat us, like fine, okay. Like, but we're not gonna let the, everyone else beat us. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, let like let 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 Luca beat us. Sure, I mean he's gonna probably yeah, beat us they, one they game. Let Luca shoot it thirty times a game, and he obviously shot it not as well as he usually does. Not as well as he would have if it was the Celtics, obviously. Right. <laughs> but but um, yeah, it's still a thing where I mean he can put up fifty, and we might still win these games by how much of a blow it is, and by how poorly the rest of the Mavericks shot it. Right. Um, and you really, I mean, looking back on it, yes, they look like a better team after the Porzingis trade. But Porzingis is an all-star, and Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans would never be equal to an all-star caliber player. Uh, yeah, they need, they really need someone to play alongside Luka. Like, maybe Zach Levine's the answer. Maybe you go trade for Rudy Gobert, just, just someone. Yeah, because uh, Luka, you, know, you, can't, you can't do it alone. I mean... It's exactly what happened with the Nuggets and, and Jokic, like, you know. And better three and D guys. Right, and, and and by the way, the only difference between Jokic and Luka is, is is the position that they play. Like Luke, you know, Jokic doesn't play a position that's it's you know as important in the NBA as it used to be. He plays center, like Luka plays um plays guard, and that's just a much more impactful position now in the NBA than than this than playing center is. So you know, obviously Luka is going to have much more versatility in his game and um again like he's incredible nothing to take away from him but they need they need to give him help there's no way this team is winning a championship without him getting help because it's just it's too hard it's too hard to do it alone like arguably the last guy who did it alone was lebron james no he didn't even do it alone he got to he got he played six games in the finals versus the warriors with um uh, last team that beat the Warriors in the final, that was the Raptors. No, what I'm saying is the last team with with like basically one superstar on the team playing. Uh, the the year they came back three one, really. I guess the year after that they kind of got alone. Right, that was with what like um, Matthew Dellavedova. It's the second best player on the team or that, something that like that. Was the 2018 series, really. Yeah. Um, but Kyrie and Love got injured in a few of their series. Right. Um, I think Love was healthy for that one. But yeah, I mean, yeah. it's tough to beat that team alone. Right. 
And I think we saw that. All right, moving on to the to the main event. Um, let's talk about the Celtics series. First off, the Celtics got the job done. For the first time since 2010, the Celtics are headed back to the NBA Finals. We've been in a lot of Eastern Conference Finals, Connor. We have been in a lot of Eastern Conference Finals and lost. Yeah. We, I mean, we played the, well, we played the Heat a few years ago, right? In that COVID bubble, that Eastern Conference Finals? 2020. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, we played the Cavs in 2018 um, with where Kyrie got injured. Um, there we played, uh, what, the Cavs again the year before. Um, that was just a five-game series. Uh, 2012 Heat. And then back to 2010 when we beat, I think, Orlando to make the finals and the most rigged finals ever against the Lakers. Hey, got to get Kobe his last finals, bro. Got to get, got to do it, bro. Got, got to. Um, obviously, Tatum did his Kobe tribute last night, which I thought was uh, was pretty on point. I thought that was very respectful, um, just as an aside. But, you know, overall, I mean, listen, I was, you know, this series – the first five games essentially weren't entertaining at all. Like, like you could turn it on and you would watch the first half. And basically, if you turn the game off from that point, like that, you're good, bro. Like, you don't need to watch the rest of the game. Um, there are a lot of blowouts in these in this series, Connor. Right? Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, both these series, are, it felt like none of the games were close, other than maybe that. Um, what was it? Game four? Um, no. Was it game five when the Celtics almost came back down like 20-something at halftime and then just fell shorter than that the end of game seven, I guess? No, I mean, we won game five and six, so maybe it had to be game four then. We did not win game five. Against the Heat? Yeah, we did. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, it was 2-2, right, because we won game five, I thought. We, but we lost game six. Right, so it was 3-3. Three, three. I forget if it was game three. Oh, no, no, man. You're right. We won game four and five, so it must have been game three. You're right. You're right. Uh, It must have been game three when when Jimmy went out at half and we came back and still came short. But the end of that that game seven as well. No, yeah, that was definitely game three. That's where uh, Tatum and Smart both got hurt, right? And Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was definitely game three. Um, But, yeah, I mean, you know, I thought for the most part – the Celtics were Celtics were definitely good, right? I mean, listen, like they played well when they needed to. The defense pretty much throughout the they entire series was very good. Played, they outplayed the Heat by like maybe twenty minutes the entire series. A- absolutely, I, I agree. Um, I mean, the only reason it was two two is because of two terrible quarters. Um, that I mean, the Celtics won the first twelve out of. Was it ten out of twelve quarters of the? Series? Yeah, uh, it might have been right. It might have been uh, fourteen out of sixteen first fourteen out of sixteen quarters of the series, uh, which is crazy to be tied to two there. Uh, and then I got kind of more even down the stretch. Uh, one thing I will comment on is is uh, everyone keeps talking about the free throw differential favoring the Celtics. The foul differential favored the Heat. The Heat. Um, had fouls called in their favor against the Celtics more than the Celtics did the Heat. Right. Uh, which is interesting to note. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, what I have to say is, I mean, this series, I thought that the the, the refereeing in, in, in some games was... was, was fucking terrible. 
was mostly terrible. I mean, let's be honest, mostly terrible. Um, game five, it was really bad. Like it was, it was a tro or game seven, excuse me, was atrocious, right? Um, overall, I mean, I, again, I think the Celtics showed that, that they were the better team. Um, uh, did the Celtics play perfectly? No, I think that Jalen Brown needs to stop dribbling. Like he, every time he starts to dribble, I get nervous because that dude has no handles. He he lost so many balls, like. He turned it over yeah. so much. And, and in the last two games, he did not take – I think he took two shots total in the fourth quarter in his last two games. That's something that can't happen. I mean, you yeah. saw it just be towards the end of that game. It was, and I'm talking about just the fourth quarter, but towards the very end of that game seven, it was just Tatum Meissering. Um and then finding the open guy while Jalen Brown sits in the corner doing nothing. And a lot of the times I was smart, I was wide open to take it low on the shot. Right. But it felt like he needed, he needs to do more. Obviously, he put up twenty points per game in six out of the seven games. But down the stretch, you need more out of him. Absolutely, I thought Al Horford played very well. I thought Derek White played very well. I thought they both had very good series. Um, yeah. You look for Robert Wor- uh, 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 Grant Williams to shoot the three ball a little bit better in this upcoming series. Um, he didn't shoot it bad. He just took more. He played more off the dribble. Uh, the teams yeah. are hardcore contesting, especially after that game seven. The Heat were not going to do what the Bucks did and leave him open. And right. they allowed him to get downhill a lot and make a lot of good plays, yeah. uh, especially in transition. And he was incredible defensive. Yeah, I thought Marcus Smart was very good defensively. Um, um, it was, he had some crazy stuff. That game yeah. seven, he allowed like seven points total on 150. Yeah, and, and, and you know, I thought that Tatum was very good defensively. Uh, this wasn't the series for Peyton Pritchard. It really just did not fit his his uh, his style yeah, he, of play. He just gets targeted on defense. But but I feel like again, I feel like yeah, you know, I I think you know the biggest issue for the Celtics that series was just kind of the lack, like like lack of consistency almost, right? And I think that Marcus Smart played well, but you know there were moments where. He made you know big mistakes. There was what was that one game where he really you know screwed it up at the end, Connor? I forget. Was that game three? Was that game um, six? I think it was. It, what do you mean? Like, wasn't there a game in this series where Celtics were close, and then Marcus Smart like took a bad shot, and then we had a chance to go down and like take a quick shot at the end, and Marcus Smart got uh, stripped of the ball. Was that game three or was that game? I don't remember. That was against the Bucks. Oh, it was? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, anyways, anyways, my bad. My bad, everybody. But the point I'm trying to make, I guess, is that I feel like the Celtics can definitely play better offensively, like play more smooth. I think we committed way too many turnovers. Um, but with, you know, with that being said, let's talk about this finals matchup. Um, you know, again, the Warriors are such a good team, aren't they? And, 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 you know, what, what have the Celtics played the Warriors like in the past, you know, few seasons? Like what, 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 what should we expect to see out of these two teams? Uh, yeah. So this is the matchup of, of dynasty versus young guns. I guess you'll say, um, the team, uh, the Warriors who have had an easy road to the finals and are healthy versus the beaten and battered Celtics with one of the hardest roads possible to make the finals. Uh, it's, but you can't say it's David versus Goliath looking at everything just because of how the Celtics have matched up against the Warriors. 
um, recently. In the past, what, um, 11 games they've played, the Celtics are 8-3 against the Warriors. In the past seven seasons, the Celtics are the only team with a winning record against the Warriors, and that being four games over 500 against them. Um, this is a Celtics team that have won four of five in their last away matches in San Francisco against the Warriors. It's a it's a team that has been one of the only teams to see repeated success against the Dynasty Warriors, um, which is which is good when you look at the series as a Celtics fan, uh, seeing that we've been able to consistently take down the Warriors and, and look to continue that uh, into this finals matchup. Right. Um, and this is a team that's been able to overcome so much adversity through this, through this whole season. That's like the name of the game for the Celtics. Um, they haven't lost a, a game after a loss since January. And that was when they benched for right. to for rest, uh, in a back to back against the Raptors. Um, so uh, all in all, you like your odds. I think if you're a fan of both teams, you you can look at the the pluses of your advantages as both these teams, and and still like where you're at, and still have confidence your team's going to win. Uh, the Warriors obviously feel like they're healthier. They feel like yeah, and they and they are healthier, by the way. And you know, again, if the Warriors get going in this series and they start shooting the ball like like we know they can. That's trouble for the Celtics because we know the Celtics, like matchup wise, are are I think a little bit favored in this series. But I mean, shoot, if the Celtics, you know, Celtics can't. I don't know if they can keep up offensively with a team like the Warriors, Connor. Yeah, um, it's definitely one of those things. Both these teams ended up to this point in the season and postseason the same defensive rating so you're looking for um a defensive kind of battle here but this is a warriors team who has who's shot the three better than any team ever um <laughs> uh, and it's a, and you're scared to to kind of um right this warriors team. obviously you have very good pick and roll defenders and a switch everything system in boston which bodes well against the playoff screens to try to get an open three level. and i think you you know um, the size advantage for the Celtics thing is important too right i think that's a big yeah you big. i mean the only center they have is kavon looney who obviously had an amazing series against the mavericks but the mavericks also don't really have a center i mean they could have brought bobon off the bench but uh limited dwight powell minutes who's not even doesn't even play that big right um is tough um so so really, uh, I mean, you can argue both ways in terms of the matchups and, and which right. I think a key to the Celtics series, I think a key for the Celtics will be Robert Williams. Like no matter what, like this, yeah, just the health. Robert Williams can barely get up and down the court. Um, he'll be in the last. He'll be such an impact player, though, if the Celtics have him. Like he is such a luxury to have. And he will be so dominant in the paint. Like, he is a guy that they're going to have to worry about. Like, you can't just leave him open because he gets those tip backs. He get you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's just – he's dominant when when you when you can't stop it. Like, like when you can't – you know, he's very – he's too talented to, like, not be stopped. You know what I'm saying? And, like, I don't know. I feel good about the Celtics. Like, we've we've had the tougher road. Like, like we've had the tougher road to get to the finals, and I think that's a big thing. Like we played the Nets, you played the Bucks, you played the Heat. Like now we're playing the Warriors. I feel like the Warriors 
haven't played a team at the Celtics caliber thus far this playoffs. Like, like I and and the team maybe they could argue maybe they play the Mavericks, but the Mavericks are a great matchup for the for the Warriors. Like they're a fantastic matchup. So I, I think that this is one of those series that is really going to be telltale. Um, you know, to whether the Celtics are are a real team and. And I think we are. I think we've got real players. I think that everyone – I think the Celtics want it. Um, not necessarily that they, they want it, like, so much more than the Warriors or whatever, but I believe that our team wants it, like, bad. And this is the first time I've seen this in a long time for the Celtics where, you know, you see what it means to Al Horford. You see what it means to uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and, and Marcus Smart. Like, you see what it means to these guys to to win these playoff games. Like, they, it, it's huge for them. And I just think that, like – Again, not to say that this isn't true with the Warriors, but I think that that's something that the Celtics possess, and I think that that's kind of something that's going to drive them. I mean, you know, Joe Johnson, if the Celtics win, gets his first NBA ring. I mean, how about that? Like, I, they don't think they have to give him one. Oh, but they're gonna though. You know, they have. Oh, to. I, I, I can't, I can't live under the impression that Dennis Schroeder will have a ring after this year. Yeah, but Joe Johnson's got to have one, bro. Yeah, we're helping we're helping the Hawks legends here today. Yeah, I mean, hey, again, we definitely have Hawks fans on the back in the the Celtics. Uh, Lakers fans should be interesting when they back because right, because on one hand you don't want to back the Celtics. When eighteen, they hate the Warriors. I I honestly think they'll back the Celtics. Honestly, like I think it'll be split. Yeah, know, maybe they just I don't know. I think it'll be split, but. I mean, I think I think a lot of people will back the Celtics. I think like Bucks fans, obviously Heat fans, you know, obviously back, you know, the the Warriors. I think, but I think a lot of people will back back the Celtics. So, I mean, I feel good about our team. I feel good about our chances. I like what we've been doing. I just feel like the team has finally coalesced into like Connor into a team that really has a great shot this year. Like. We have a real shot, I think, to win the finals. I, I'm thrilled. I'm so excited. I can't wait. Um, I hope we can get it done. It'd be so special. I mean, as a Boston fan, like, we've seen a lot of championships. So don't get me wrong. But it's been a while since the Celtics, you know, won a championship or even were in the finals. I mean, you know, Patriots won in 2019. Bruins made it to the finals in 2019. Red Sox won in 2018. Like, the Celtics haven't made it to the finals since 2010. Like, it has been a very long time for the Celtics. And, like, we're due. We're due. This is our 22nd uh, trip to the finals. We're looking for banner number 18. Um, I mean, this team from the get-go, like, you know, initially, like, I, I was unsure about this team. I, I knew that, you know... We had potential. I just, I, I based on past seasons, I was like, are we really going to go through this whole rigmarole again where we, you know, we suck and then we make the playoffs and then we lose in the third round or second round or whatever it is. And, and you know, this year was different. And, you know, a lot of credit's got to go to Brad Stevens for the Derek White and Al Horford yeah, trade and for kind of helping this roster. Um, yeah, GM of the year, obviously. I think that goes without a doubt. Um, Ime Udoka, I think... Sorry? Even though he was like fifth in actual. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ime Udoka, I mean, for for really believing what he was doing. Like, I think that a lot of people were very concerned, me included. And, and he really showed, like, perseverance and, like, what he – like, that he knew what he was doing was right. 
And and obviously to all the players, except for Dennis Schroeder, who was literally the reason why this team was bad for so long. It's unbelievable. Like Connor, how right were we on Dennis Schroeder? That might be the best thing we've ever said on this channel. I mean, he literally when he left, the Celtics were instantly like the best team in the league. And and like that's literally shown. Like since he has left, we made the finals. Like it's un unreal. So you know, credit to everyone, and, and I'm excited. I hope we can get it done this year. So, for the third time, thank you all for listening to another episode of the Master Plan. Thank you for to, for Connor, to Connor, for Connor, for bearing with this technology that just doesn't like to work. So, thank you all, and have a great day. The game on the line, one shot. Who would you rather have taking it, Iggy or Curry? of everyone on Golden State. Open shot, fate of the universe on the line, or the Martians have the death beam pointed at Earth. You better hit it. I want Iguodala.